Welcome to Breathe Baby Breathe, a podcast from Community Healing Network where we engage culture carriers in conversations that light the path to emotional emancipation and cultural healing for people of African ancestry. Come, breathe in the fresh air of African values. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Breathe Baby Breathe podcast. I am Chandra Roxanne, your co-host for this episode with Enola Aird, the founder and president of Community Healing Network. And we are delighted to engage with Kia Lene and Dominique Coleman, who are a modern-day Renaissance couple as certified emotional emancipation facilitators and community-oriented entrepreneurs. They have partnered with multiple community organizations and initiatives for over the past 20 years. By trade, Dominique is a licensed general contractor, and Kia is an empowerment speaker, writer, artist, and the creator of Edify Newsletter, whose mission is to inspire, uplift, and honor the African diaspora. Kia and Dominique, welcome. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. It is wonderful to have you with us, and I want to... Uh, welcome you in the words of our beloved ancestor, Gwendolyn Brooks. Black love, provide the adequate electric for what is lapsed and lenient in us. Rouse us from blur. Call us. And so we want to have a conversation with you about Black self-love about what we're calling circles of Black self-love, spaces where we can cultivate that wonderful value, make it more than a feeling, um, make it a practice, break it down so we understand what do we need to do, what are the actions we need to take in order to truly love, in order to be in the practice of love. And we always start our conversations by asking, who are your people? Who are you accountable to? So we get to a sense of who you are in the Ubuntu sense. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you all again for having us. Uh, we are excited about our time together and, and excited about our CHM family as always. Um, so as far as who I am accountable to, I will say first and foremost, um, the Most High God and uh, my many, many, many ancestors and elders um, in the spiritual realm. That includes those ancestors that um, are within my own family and bloodline, uh, my ancestors, uh, my African ancestors, um, and the ancestors that we also look to um, in this country, those that came before and did the work and loved hard and sacrificed, uh, I think of very, very often. So I am accountable to uh, that spiritual host and as well as my mother, uh, my father, um, my grandparents who have all transitioned on uh, and, and great aunts and uncles. And so when I think about who I am accountable to, uh, those are the primary people that come to my heart and mind, in addition to the future generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like though they were thinking of us before there was a us, 
um, and just really thinking of the future generation and the present. Uh, so those are those are the people that I am accountable to and the African-American family, our family, the African diaspora. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique. All right. Well, <clears throat> when I think about that question. Who, who are my people? Uh, who am I accountable to? I think I'm, uh, I like to answer that by saying um, my people are, are fellow children of the light <laughs> who, who, have, who have manifested themselves on this planet at this time to, to further and brighten uh, love and light. Mm. Mm. That makes me think I, I, I'm accountable to my husband, too. So I did that. <laughs> Hearing him talk, I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, yes, him, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. Uh, the um, the idea of partnership and collaboration, and that is what really intrigues me about the both of you, that you are in this work, in this life together, um, in this um, expression of, particularly as we've come to know you in, in the emotional emancipation and it's part of the CHN family. Um, I'm just curious, um, what brought you to this work? What along your journey said, hey, this is where we want to really spend some serious time and devote some serious energy because we sure do appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. And we, we love being a part of, of this movement, uh, global movement. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Key and I have been married for seven and a half years now. Six and a half years. See, going on seven. see the women always know, We've right? Been <laughs> yes, oh, that's okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> seven but, and eight. <laughs> but, you know, our lives are, are, are kind of parallel, even in the time before we were together. Yeah. Um, so we, we actually went to the same high school and we knew each other, um, but we didn't know each other. <laughs> and so... Uh, from from the time we were in school to the time we connected as adults, both of us found ourselves involved in a lot of community work. Uh, I, I was involved in you know boards of neighborhood associations, boards of civic organizations. Uh, I, I volunteered my time and and took a lot of uh, different training and um, certification courses in Indiana, where I'm from, uh, all to towards getting to the place of being able to position myself to, to, to do good work for the people. Mm -hmm. And so my particular interest has always been entrepreneurship. So mm -hmm. I wanted to figure out how to, and I was told that, you know, uh, business and politics go hand in hand. So I kind of was figuring out how this stuff works together because it seemed like we had been left out of a lot of left out of a lot of that uh, process. So I wanted to, uh, take it upon myself to learn how to position myself in that space so I can have the positive impact I desire. Yeah. And for me, um, I would say it started when I got to college. It really, when I look at before that, because even in high school, um, our, our young selves, we established the first um, African-American gospel choir, um, our, our class, and, and we started the African uh, History Month celebrations um, at, at the high school. And so I've always been drawn to, to us, 
um, and our our empowerment and um, our history. But it wasn't until I got to college and discovered Africana studies and I was excited and I was also a bit upset because this was so much information and so much history um, that I, I was not aware of, you know, as far as the details and the countless numbers of um, leaders and heroes and sheroes within our community. Uh, of course, we're all familiar with, with the struggle and with enslavement, but there's there's so much more history. So rich, yeah, yeah. And so in college, that just empowered me. I started to take one class after another. Some of my friends were, why are you taking all those classes? And, and I'm like, I was so excited. So I'd be the one in the class, you know, raising my hand and just excited. And uh, particularly two of the professors that were there, one I still keep in contact with, who I'm so grateful for. So that that um, empowered me and fueled me, uh, even with the other activities in college. And then, like Dominique said, after graduation, I continued um, in, in service and community leadership and mentorship. And I uh, was with the organization that advocates for African-American women in various areas. So uh, I really enjoy partnering with um, my peers and an helping to lead some of those economic empowerment uh, activities and events that we had and just advocating for us. Um, but I did get to a place when I was in that organization and I said, okay, we're advocating for us as a women of African descent in these key areas, but am I really advocating for myself? Mm. And when I thought about that and I thought about just health wise and in other areas and um, uh, just in various areas, I really had to ask myself that question. I'm doing all this, which is great, but am I, am I my own advocate? Hmm. You know, and so that really resonated with me. And then I started to, um, ensure that I was as much as I could, or as much as I knew how then. So from that organization to others, um, and then we transitioned, uh, from Indianapolis to, uh, North Carolina, uh, almost seven years ago and continued in some of the work. Really, it was a natural progression uh, to Community Healing Network. I, we didn't know it. Uh, I've been collecting quotes and wisdom for a very long time and then coming across Community Healing Network and those quotes and just even uh, emotional emancipation, how that word really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. and, and to wrap it up, um, also looking at the state of my people and community. Mm -hmm. um, we both have various experiences and, and situations um, throughout our history and our family and community. And we, we both knew that there has to be a better way of living. I mean, mm -hmm. um, the accomplishments and the love and, and healing, you know, we experienced that within our communities and families as well. But when you look at the broader scope of some of the things that plague our community, um, some of those things that are intentional, we knew that we had to be a part of uh, this process in this way. So partnering with CHN, that first training, I tell you. So tell us about tell us about what this movement um, is in your own words, what it, what it's about, what it means to you, how you got, you know, um, kind of brought into it and committed to it because your, your community, your commitment is is exemplary. Thank you. So 
we we first were introduced to a community healing network at a community meeting that was about uh housing displacement is it housing yeah it was about housing yeah and uh affordable housing yeah, it was about affordable housing and so and and when they had said is there any uh, announcements there was a uh, lady there who's a psychiatrist i mm-hmm. think she's a member of uh, Association of Black Psychologists, and, and she had mentioned that you know uh, Dr. Cheryl was coming to town. And she was mm-hmm. going to do this training, mm-hmm. and she Dr. Cheryl Grills, yes, yeah, Dr. Cheryl mm-hmm. Grills, wonderful, yes. <laughs> awesome. And uh, we was like, hey, we got to go there. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of the way it was laid out, it kind of galvanized this kind of feeling and thought and place that we were in already. Mm-hmm. It gave a gave a, a nice little package to it, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kia was able to go to that uh, particular training and I had a work obligation, so I missed it. Mm-hmm. But when she came home uh, over those couple of days and was telling me what happened, I was also excited that she was a part of it and upset that I missed it <laughs> <laughs> and, and couldn't wait until you know, I could be uh, go through the training process mm-hmm. as a facilitator. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kia. And so from there, uh, that was that was 2017. And so from there, uh, a few of us got together from that class and we launched our first um, EEC in the spring of 2018. Um, And of course, that one was in person. And uh, we had just we we were a little nervous because although we were in the space, uh, some of the information in the curriculum was was new. Um, And so but we worked together as a team. There were three of us um, that was co-facilitated. And uh, it was just, it was just good, you know? And so we looked at our schedules. We were planning to do another, I think later that year, um, our sister Sage, uh, she actually came up from Greensboro and some others came, were uh, actually attended outside of Charlotte, um, invited us to the Civil Rights Museum Mm -hmm. uh, in Greensboro. And they had a panel uh, that she helped put together called Stating the Case and Calls emotional emancipation and several of us went and was on, served on that panel um, and then so again that natural progression 2019 came that was the, the global summit CHN global summit uh, which again natural progression and that experience in itself you said we we know we're a part of something that's something great great and you know much bigger than us mm-hmm. um, and then we also launched a circle last year and we were ready to go. And of course, we had to change it over. So it was virtual because we were like, is, we know that, you know, virtual is an option, but this is designed for that in-person communal experience. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, um, we did that last year. And then we are a part of the um, group out of New Haven, uh, uh, the neighborhood, the communities within New Haven, uh, that project from July to December. Uh, by way of Community Healing Network and was able to partner alongside uh, you, Sister Nolan, some other wonderful facilitators and community members. And so it like I, I keep saying natural progression because it's it's something that is not, you know, by force or we want, it's just a natural progression. And I'm a big believer in uh, divine alignment yes. and divine flow. And we are and too. We, and when we went to Ghana, in 2019. And again, that was closely connected and related the same year as a global summit. Mm. Year of return too. That's it. That's it. 
So we've, we've talked around it, but I'd love to get your um, definitions of two things. What does emotional emancipation mean to you in your own words? Not what we say, not what CHN says, but what does it mean to you in your own words and your own understanding? And then what is this movement about from your point of view? Mm-hmm. So, so with emotional emancipation, the, uh, the definition that I, I go off of is um, about just being free from the control of, of somebody else. And so for me, that kind of started a little early on for me. Growing up in the church, I was one of those people that I actually read the Bible. <laughs> I didn't just wait to, you know, to Sunday morning. And so in doing so, it actually had me to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, uh, the adults around me couldn't answer those questions. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they said, well, you're too smart for your own good and this mm-hmm. and that. But I'm like, wait a minute, I read in here that the truth will make you free. So I want truth. I want to be free. <laughs> because as I looked around in that experience, uh, week after week, there were people who were seemed like they just gave the same testimony. They went through the same thing every week and, and just barely making it and barely getting by. But when I, when I read it and I got to understand that God wants us to have an abundant life, you know, it actually says, you know, I've given you everything you need for life and prosperity. But I'm like, okay, there's a disconnect. So there's something that I don't know. And when I asked the adults, they couldn't tell me. So it just started me on a path of just seeking after what was true. And so I led, uh, read a lot of books and, and watched some lectures and, and kind of took it upon myself to to get some study, uh, do some studying. And so in that, I determined that, you know, a lot of the things that we did in the church were just tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't necessarily uh, mean that was the uh, that was the way that we had to continue on going. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's a place for that. You know, you, you, you as a as you matriculate through life, you grow and you grow and your understanding grows. And so uh, with that. Like I said, I wanted to be free of how other people told me I should be living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the heels of that, I was also raised in the church, uh, as with many of us. And and even, you know, look, looking just at it in its totality, grateful for that community, grateful for that village and the love that came. But also, like Dominique said, as I as I got older, I was very active in ministry and church um, and just as I evolved and encountered personal life situations of my own, um, started to notice some things, uh, not just personally, but uh, within our community. And one of those things is um, fear and how fear uh, deeply, deeply affects us. And, and I would say the cousins of fear. Sometimes we don't we don't connect um, the, the other components. But for me, before Dominique and I got married, we did premarital counseling and, um, the counselor was talking about fear and he was centering on me. And I'm like, Oh no, Mm-mm. this is, this is both of us now. Now, come on now. <laughs> so he was talking about fear and the way that, um, he broke some things down to me, 
I, I didn't receive all of it at that particular time, but over time I said, oh my goodness, there is something to this. And so when I think about um, our, our people, our culture, when I think about emotional emancipation, what that means to me is um, courage. And there's a scripture that says, uh, God says, I didn't give you that spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And that's what I think of when I think about emotional emancipation, being able to move forward with our God-given power and love, having the courage to truly and fully love ourselves mm-hmm. and to fully love one another and see one another and value one another and a sound mind because we've been so conditioned because of the lie of who we are. So let's talk about that lie, that lie. Because Dominic was just talking about truth, his search for truth. He wanted to know the truth. And so much of our lives have been grounded in, determined, shaped by, driven by this lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And just the more the more you uh learn about it, the more evident the lie becomes if you're paying yes. attention. Yes. Yeah. The lie, the lie that we're talking about is a lie of white superiority and black inferiority, which we believe mm-hmm. shapes has shaped our history and our lives mm-hmm. uh for more than six hundred plus years since the beginning of the transatlantic trafficking of human beings. Yeah. Go ahead. What'd you say earlier? Well, go ahead. <laughs> so, so that lie, um, we were talking this morning, just, um, talking about uh, emotional emancipation and as we prepare and we think about how deeply rooted that lie is so much so that many of us, and I, I can't speak of course for our, for our entire race, but we're living, we've embraced the lie. Um, we, we're, we're carrying it out in and even when it comes to who we think that we are, mm-hmm. some of us think we are who we've been told that we are. Mm-hmm. And so we see that within our families, within our communities. And like Dominique said, when you come into the truth, mm-hmm. talk about a sensitive spirit. And sometimes for me, it's like, okay, it's, huh, is this me? Or my goodness, you start to notice so much with regards to the movies, and films with regards to um, commercials, commercials uh, the music, <laughs> and, you, and you see uh, politics, I mean, almost every facet of life. And you see, we see how that lie is weaved through yes. the, 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 the system, the structure, every facet of life that, um, that, that we have. And so it is, okay, here's the lie. We understand where it started, but how do we start to unwind? unwind Because it's a process. That's that's exactly what we've been saying lately, that that this lie of white superiority and black inferiority is the thread that runs through the entire fabric of systemic anti-black racism and and beginning here, beginning in our heads and our spirits. And so for us, the emotional emancipation circle process, the whole movement for emotional emancipation is, is grabbing on, finding those pieces of thread in different places in our minds and our spirits in this system, that system, uh, 
and and pulling at it and pulling and pulling and pulling until we unravel unravel the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We, we think it's absolutely essential that we focus with that level of specificity because yeah, anti-black yeah. racism is so vague. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. we need we need something that we can say, oh, there's the lie. There's the That's lie at work. Okay, so now that we recognize it, we can talk about it, we can we can begin now to excise it, begin to to take it out. Yeah, for me, I, I kind of take that that approach of, you know, the though as it says, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's another thing that I really love about this process with the emotional emancipation circles is we, we key in right there on that line. And I like to key in on the specifically as it relates to identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. So once we because because that's kind of foundational for more, most people in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And so we can get them to kind of make the shift there into truth about mm-hmm. who they are. Who we are. Then yeah. That that will start that thread to going out into right. the other areas of their lives. And and the line, what I like about um, the emotional uh, emotional emancipation circles is that okay, so we recognize a lie, we do activities around that, but we don't stay there because we realize that personal empowerment is key to um, embracing the truth and flourishing as a people. And so we see so much negativity, you know, we, there's a lot of activists out there that are on the front lines and we, cause all of us are needed in our various gifts and our creativity um, and, and, the, and the job that we've been given to do. But that personal empowerment piece is key when you are on the front lines. Uh, when you are out, whether you're protesting, what, however you are to to um, help heal us, but the personal empowerment is a piece that I see that is missing um, from a lot of the work uh, that that we see across various spectrums. Uh, but then, with emotional emancipation, and you all know this, but uh, for those listening, there's the lie, there's recognizing the truth, and the way that we do that through those seven keys um, are it, it's very simple, but at the same time, it's very powerful because then we go, we start to uh, not just esteem us as a people and who we are, but to speak those truths, right. which which is critical. So I'm getting excited. I need to I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Carter G. Woodson had so many bits of wisdom to share yes. with us. I mean, he did share the idea of Life History Month, but one of the things he did that I think is so powerful and we're indebted to him is to write the miseducation of the Negro. Yes. To really begin to help us understand. He didn't call it the lie, but he called he he called out the ways in which we had been miseducated, the ways in which our understanding of ourselves had been perverted and 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 misshapen. And the one of the things that I know you got a really nice quote that I read on your Facebook page yesterday uh, by him. But my my favorite is every man, every woman has two educators that which is given to him and that which he gives himself. And the EECs, the Emotional Emancipation Mm -hmm. Circles, are about giving ourselves our own education so we begin to understand what the truth is because we've all been collectively miseducated. And so the EECs is in a fundamental way correcting our miseducation. And here, again, I'd love to give props. I'd love to say thank you to the Association of Black Psychologists who responded Mm -hmm so enthusiastically to our our entreaty to them, to our request to them to help us create this kind of process that would help mm-hmm. us respond to the call of Carter G. Woodson 
the call of Garvey around, you know, we need to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery. Well, what is the process? How we're going to do that? How we're going to make sure it's done? Uh, because people have been calling us, you know, ancestors are calling us to do this work for a very long time. They need us to do the work, not just for ourselves, our children, but also for them. Because we, as, as we understand as, as African people, we live in many realms, in several realms. And we are connected in, 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 in the past and the present and the future. Um, so this work for me is, uh, you know, uh, obviously it's my heart. It's what I was born to do. But it is very, very exciting because we're simply trying to build an infrastructure to do the work that they asked us to do, that they've been calling us to do for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think one, one of the really interesting things that you, you mentioned, Kia, is and I just realized this, that the journey to emotional emancipation is a journey of courage. Mm-hmm. I think that this idea of fear is really, really, really important because mm-hmm. if you think about just like in you know everyday life, how black people are afraid to even congregate if they work in the same organization. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this idea, and so it just dawned on me that, you know, the, the Audre Lorde said that self-care is an act of defiance. And it, mm-hmm. it sounds like a really nice, nice statement, but when you realize <laughs> that, no, the, at the heart of the lie is fear, fear of myself right. and fear of each other, mm-hmm. then it, I must have great courage. I must be courageous. Yes. I am to seek truth, live truth, mm-hmm. because they didn't even want us to read. Mm-hmm. And so just to read took courage. That's right. So the That's right. It just dawned on me as you were speaking that the, the journey that we're on is a journey of courage. But mm-hmm. the only way that we can build that courage and have self-powerment is through connection to each other. That's right. That's and right, Chandra. Courage is not developed individually. It That's is right. And, and, and contrary to what we've been taught, right? Because we are in a society that prizes individualism. individualism. Yeah. You know, and so, and, and, and when we look and see how our community, and not just our community, uh, but within this country, when you look at uh, competition and comparison, um, and, and, and it's like, okay, we have to peel that onion back to see where that actually came from as it relates to us mm-hmm. with regards to, okay, uh, they're th- disrupting unity for a reason. And so <laughs> that goes back to, um, like you re- we were saying, the, the fear base. I remember in high school, I think it was junior high, where uh, we, the, the school we went to, it, was, it wasn't a predominantly um, black school, uh, but I think that just started busing like years prior but nevertheless you know we had our friends and we would be conscious of oh we can't all sit together like you said because they'll think this or and which is crazy because other folks are sitting together and nobody's bothering them yeah. but at the same you know? time it was true if too many of us sat together uh-huh. the, the little monitor would find their way That's to right. our area mm-hmm. <laughs> like they must they must be up to something uh-huh. yeah. you know and so and when you think about that in, in this context, when we talk about defying the lie and having the courage to defy the lie, mm-hmm. uh, and that connects to love because we have to be able to love ourselves, love yeah. one another, and well, through that comes that courage yeah, to love defy is the, the lie. Fuel. That is a fuel. fuel. And, 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 and not bound by religion. Like we said earlier, 
both of us raised in the church. Both of us are grateful that experience for, for the, for the experience, the love. Um, but when the lessons learned, yes. And I'm still inspired by, you know, uh, the word of God, but I know what it was used for when uh-huh. we talk about Western religion uh-huh. um, and those tell the truth. We, and so, and even within the circles that can, uh, that can be a cause of division, which that's, that's the whole point. <laughs> Still working. That, that's the whole point. And so, you know, and, and when you encounter that, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this, that, th- this was a vast strategy. Cause I always say we were st- Studied like no other. That's why those tools were able to be in place and unfortunately remain in place because Mm -hmm. we were studied our spirituality, our strengths, our weaknesses, Mm -hmm. our relationship to God, our creator. We were studied before the attack, before before it. it, And I just, when when you think about that Mm -hmm. and the depths of it, that's why we have to get emancipated. This Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Uh, I wanna, I've been reading a couple of articles uh, in this book called um, The Accounting of Slavery. Oh. And what we have come to realize is that the management techniques were actually devi- derived from slaveholders and mm-hmm. their management of African slaves. And mm-hmm. so what's interesting is the idea of competition is that in order to get in order to incentivize Africans, African slaves to pick more cotton, they mm. created competition between them. That's where the competition decided, and they created incentives so that they could reward those Africans who pick more than others. And so this idea of competition, mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, it is legacy of the, the techniques, as you said, they studied the Africans to understand the techniques that would motivate them and divide. So, yes. And we can see the division based on skin color, which we still struggle with today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's so many areas of division to, to, to keep um, that system in control, to keep that narrative driving our lives. Yes. And essentially what, what the, the emotional emancipation circles are about is is having a chance to look at that, to look at how history has affected our lives, our sense of ourselves personally, our relationships with one another, the overall well-being of our community. Look at that and then figure out how has it affected us personally and how has it affected us co- collectively. And then how do we figure our way out? I mean, we, th- that is the ultimate goal so that we can emerge uh, free of the lie ready to embrace the truth, really begin to understand what the truth is. Again, you know, correcting the miseducation. What is the truth? You know, um, what is the truth about what our history was before the the transatlantic trafficking, the the wonderful, um, uh, incredible kingdoms that that were part and parcel of, of the ancient world? And not to mention the fact that we are, Africa is the cradle of human civilization, that everything bega- begins there. And the value systems. The value system. And, and so th- there goes the question then of Black self-love and the understanding, the a- African understanding of what that means. And so mm-hmm. I'd love to have you talk a little bit about those values, the central values that we talk about within the emotional emancipation circles of Ubuntu mm-hmm. and Salubona and how they are just 
profound expressions of of love and black self love. Yes. If I could jump in really quickly, I think the the other thing that I wanted to bring up about um, in the, the spirit of self love is that just the coming together, the practice mm-hmm. of coming together. Because if you think about love, love not only restores, but it brings together. So just the fact that we have the courage to congregate. Mm-hmm. Yes. The insistence on it. Start, yes, that starts our practice of love to one another. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the, and the mm-hmm. recognition, as Sister uh, Mama uh, Rashida Foreman Bay told us when we were in Baltimore, that we are each other's medicine. Absolutely. Yes, I love that. Yes. To be found with each other. Yes. So mm-hmm. being together is not optional. It's a necessity mm-hmm. for healing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. You know, I, I had a, I had a thought along those lines as we were uh, preparing for this today. Uh, and, and Kia talked about how they kind of studied us. They didn't just show up with guns and boats and say, "Get over here." <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a there was a, a systematic process of, of how they did it. And um, you know, when we're talking about gathering, I mean, there's so much power in that proximity. Uh, of being each other, I think our, that that has a, a, a multiplying effect mm-hmm. when we're in close proximity uh, to each other. Yeah, the the, the energy, the energy, yeah. And so I think that's why the the system of white racism works so hard to keep us yeah. separated. Yeah. I think I think they observe that you know when we come together, our natural selves come through, mm-hmm. and they work together. And so, I mean, I just relate that back to, uh, you know, the experiences here that we read about, like with the different uh, what we call Black Wall Streets that were uh, Mm -hmm. popped up after uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. The people in close proximity were able to do something. They flourished. Yeah. And I think think that that love that we have for each other, Mm -hmm. being children of, of God, of the loving creator God. Yeah, uh, I, like I said, I think it just multiplies when we're in close proximity, and thus the isolation, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are isolated yes. as we as we are now. Mm-hmm. Think about just if we can be honest. Every day is a battle; <laughs> can be a battle. And what I mean, even within our own minds, mm-hmm. and so being able to, um, I I know for me, I have to start my day out a certain way with prayer and meditation, um, that quiet time. I have a whole regimen and that helps me because when you know yourself, you can help yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I think about sometimes even, you know, overcoming thoughts, when we are by ourselves constantly, it, it, we're, we're not designed to be by ourselves all the time. Yes, we need time alone. Uh, you know, we need time to gather our thoughts and that's needed, but not consistently. Yeah. And I always say, I value my time. People say, oh, I thought you you were in, with the term extrovert. And I say, well, when I got to go out and do what I got to do, I do. But I value my time, my quiet time, uh, the time of personal inspiration for me so I can get that fuel to do what it is that I need to do for that day, week, or what have you. But when we're isolated and you just have the television and everything that's coming out on the television. Television. That's right. <laughs> and and for some people, not everybody listening to uh, lower vibrational music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
friend or someone who's negative. And so it's easier to get into a lower place when mm-hmm. we're not looking and, and gathering with one another. So I'm, I'm grateful for this technology, but even still, I know families are, have done reunions online this last year and and this, my friend said, oh, we had a barbecue. I said, now, how'd you do that? So they were all, they were barbecuing, uh, at the, uh, you know, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so even, even when we talk about uh, just the, the, the community aspect, I am so grateful to God for community. And then just friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, we're grateful for our families. But we need one another. I often say I'm grateful for my sister friends, my brothers, because it's not just, oh, these are my friends. We we need one another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that and that's the, the the flaw of the radical individualism, right? That's yes. that's a unsustainable system. And that's why it's so important for us to 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 move in the direction of being more Ubuntu people, being yes. more we people, being more Sawabona people. And for me, being introduced to those concepts in the EECs has been really um, incredibly helpful because it really speaks to the human spirit. That's the way we're constructed. We're not meant to be radically individualistic. Um, and just think about the way that we're born. We're not just like plucked out of somewhere. We're right. born in relationship and we're meant to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked to our, le- our friend, our sister, Lisa, in, in Kube, uh, I know you're going to pronounce it right for me, Sheila. Chandra. <laughs> um, um, but, but here's a professor who, who's been helping us to understand the principle of Ubuntu. And she talks about even little children, you know, little toddlers carrying babies because you want to really um, cultivate that sense of how do we take care of one another. And yeah. that's what Ubuntu and Salvona means within the the um the eecs and outside of the ecs how do we practice love how do we practice and how do we get back to it and when i hear you say that and we talk about ubuntu just just the word and the meaning alone i am i am because you are or we are that that is powerful in its own right but when we think about it i know for us uh, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, and with with our mothers, our our families, I think about the village, and the village was more intact at that time. Now, of course, there was the the supposed war on drugs, which is a war on 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 our neighborhoods, right? And that that uh, affected us in the worst way as a community and a family. Uh, but when I think about my mom and uh, raising me and her going to work and my grandfather waiting on the bus stop to, to, to pass me off so she could go to work. And he was there faithfully, <laughs> you know, every day. And I thought my grandmother and uh, the love that they had for us and their grandchildren, whether it was tough love sometimes, I, th- I think about my uncles, whenever you needed to move or work on your car, <laughs> the uncles were there, okay? Mm-hmm. You th- I, I think about that and, and all the many cousins. And so when we think about, it's like, how do we get back to that but go a lot deeper? deeper. Because yeah. we didn't know coming up, there was really, for, for me, n- not a lot of discussions around Black culture and heritage. And uh, so besides Black History Month, 
mm-hmm. for for a lot of us. But we 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 were African, you know, and we didn't even understand oh, some of our right. characteristics. Connected. We were behaving, yes. That's it. In That's Africa. it. And in, in, in all of this beauty, I always say it's beautiful, it's burdensome, all at the same time, but we still have those connections. And when we look at um, our collective state now, it's like taking the time, it goes back to that love and that courage and operating in our God-given power. Not not power tripping or ego, but the power that we get from our creator, mm-hmm. the most high And God. each other. And each and other. one another. That's yeah. right. I think an important part is realizing that love is both a noun and a verb. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank <laughs> so you. We got to keep that in the front of mind as mm-hmm. we go through all our days, you know, mm-hmm. whether we, we're... we're uh, we're, we're giving love as a noun or we're showing love mm-hmm. as a verb mm-hmm. and, and when we're not doing that. That's right. So, yeah. so I think that's an important piece in taking it a little bit further because like I said earlier, love is the, is the fuel for all the, the courage. And, mm-hmm. and uh, one example is of that uh, love being a fuel is uh, like in a, in a, you know, emergency situation, a mother will have to mm-hmm. move a car. You know, mm. in order to save her, mm. save her baby. So, mm. and that's, that's powered by love. You mm-hmm. know? So we got to figure out how how we can uh, channel that love into to other areas. I mean, because yeah. believe it or not, it seems like we're in just a dire situation, just as a dire situation, really. Mm-hmm. If we really uh-huh. zoom out and look at uh, how the how the system is is a attacking us right and how do we love ourselves through tough situations knowing that we are different knowing that we may not always agree knowing that you may believe this way over here and 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 another person may believe this but still being able to see one another value one another and work through those tough life situations that that do come up (laughs) right and i think that what 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 is needed on this is practice that Mm -hmm. it, it is a feeling um, that can sometimes uh, misguide you, can sometimes lead you in in in, in interesting ways. But if it's connected to action, yes. then we can we can define what it is with specificity, and we can work together to 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 do those actions that really express love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of what our responsibility is in the EEC. When we uh, develop the Ubuntu Healing Circles, we use this acronym of love being listen, observe, value, and empathize. Mm-hmm. Right? That's good. Right? Love is, is, is a feeling, but that feeling can be deceptive. It can be hurtful. Right. It, but if we stay true to what is it actually in action, mm-hmm. what is it in practice, and mm-hmm. how do we practice it? How do we, and I think that's the beauty about Ubuntu and Sobona. It's like, Ubuntu says, I am because we are. I am because mm-hmm. you are. A person is a person to other person. So mm-hmm. I need to just be constantly interrogating and investigating mm-hmm. how can I be in better relationship. My success mm-hmm. as a human being mm-hmm. depends on my relationships, not where I went to school, what mm-hmm. I studied, how much money I make, mm-hmm. what is the quality of my relationships, how can I That's count, this, which is why we start with who, who are your people? Who do you That's belong right. to? How are you really accountable to? Yes. And and then Saubona, how do we see each other? How do we the see precious each? human beings that we are? Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not stop. I remember <laughs> in the Million Man March, I was in Washington at the time working for the Children's Defense Fund, and I decided 
I was going to go the first one. I was going to go down there and like be the, you know, the woman sitting around the corner. <laughs> listen. And, uh, you know, that morning, everybody was on the subway and there were all these black men who were just so beautiful. And mm. you could see them in the fullness of their humanity, mm. looking forward to something that mm -hmm. was going to be transformative. And mm -hmm. it was for many people. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember that day just seeing them as almost like little children with all that mm -hmm. anticipation and all that hope and expectation. And, mm -hmm. and that's what we, we strive for in these spaces where we can yes. see each other that way. I, that's, that's really good, Sister Nola. When I, when I hear you speak, I think about when you broke down love um, in the Ubuntu circles, really we have to reflect not just on love, but reflect on healthy love. And so the, for, for, for that, even being a married couple, every day is not rosy. We have our differences, but to be able to um, really unlearn a lot of things as uh, African-Americans, as men and women coming up in this, in this culture, even environmental family things, it is, I, I told my friends yes. the other day, I said, marriage is not for the faint. And I, and I know you know that. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, but you have this mirror up. You know, and so you go through 24 seven. <laughs> yeah. And so it, and it really the partnership is beautiful. But it in people say, well, it's work, not just work between us, but inner work. Yeah. You know, and so and so when I think about that, even at times where we may, you know, just get I may get on his nerves and vice versa. It's like we have to reflect on healthy love, what brought us together, reflect on our journey, even going back to some of our families, reflecting on, on our grands and their love for us, their sacrifices and our parents, even some of the unhealthy things that were there, just reflect and, and, and taking time to think about that and learning. Um, I remember, so it's been probably about five or 10 years ago when I realized that parents are human beings. It's, it's because as, as it's five children, or ten years ago, huh? Yes, yeah, five or ten years ago. <laughs> I'll go with ten. But it, it, it's, when you think about that, because so as true. children, you think they're perfect beings and they should do this. Oh, and they 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 miss this. And as you grow, it's like they were trying yeah. to do to live and make decisions with what they had the, the and what they knew. They had yeah. and what they knew. And then just going down from one generation to another. So for me, that gave me a deeper appreciation, mm -hmm. compassion, and understanding. And that is that Ubuntu. I am because you are. I see you in mm -hmm. everything. Beauty, the, 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 the flaws. I always say strength, struggles, flaws, and all. And, and I see you. Of course, accountability is important for all of us. But even in all of our imperfections, I see you. I love you. I value you. But you have to stop. And, and, and reflect on that. When we're just go, go, go nonstop, busy, 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 we really don't have time to think. Right. And we need those spaces as a foundation for personal, individual, and communal healing. We, yes. we have to make that time, make that time to do that, that work, to go back and think about where did I get these ideas about yes. myself, right? Where do I get these ideas that, about myself that are not healthy, that are not conducive to self-love? And, you know, the, the, the spectrum, right? What are our relationships with our parents? Mm -hmm. How do those determine how, how we show up in the world today? Yeah. Um, and all the relationships that we have need to be interrogated so that they can all be 
be strengthened in, in the mm-hmm. best possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I love thinking about um, the emotional emancipation circle as um, a circle of black self-love. I, and, and I love what you said before. And it, when, when we heal as a people, the world heals. And, 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 and I don't know that if people really fully understand, understand that when I think about those that came before and some who are still with us, everyone from John Henry Clark to Carter G. Woodson to Miss um, Angela Davis, Lena Horne, Bob Marley, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., it was some of the same messages. Get free. Get free. Get your mind free. Mind can get it is the same thing over and yes. over. Get free and know who you are. Mm-hmm. Get free and know who you are. Yeah. And 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 one of the things that uh, Dr. Imani, who's a professor at University of uh, Nebraska in Omaha, said when we were out there on our truth tour stop was that we black people embody in our very incarnation, the struggle for the definition of what it means to be human. And that relates to your point, Kia, that in order for the world to be right, we have to be right. Because it has been a struggle of of value systems, right? Mm -hmm. That radically individualistic value system that is clearly unsustainable, clearly driving us over the edge, or the original value system, the original definition of what it means to be human, Mm -hmm. which is by definition sustainable because it cares about the other. That's right. That's right. And when we talk about defying that lie and embracing the truth, when we talk about the lie and we, and we say that a lot, but even the lies start from when we're children and we're shown these images and taught who we are as Africans, a degradation those images on television. So, and, and, and the jokes that we ourselves would take, you know, tell as people, as children. And so that's what recognize that first exercise, recognizing those lies that, Oh, um, she has good hair because it is wavy or curly. Well, my hair is bad because it's more kinky or coarse. I mean, it, it's so, there's so many lies. <laughs> so many lies. And until we actually have the courage, Chandra, we have that courage to go back and learn truth, embrace truth, even though you may struggle with it. That's where the love comes from. Uh-huh. That's where you talk about cultural dignity. That's been in my spirit the last couple of years. Nice. Cultural love it. dignity. Mm-hmm. We can't have that without recognizing the lies embracing the truth, loving ourselves, loving one another, mm-hmm. seeing one another, and what? Going back and fetch it. We talk about Sankofa. Yeah, yeah. So all of it, all of it is needed. And I'm just so glad that we are um, on this path. I give credit to the great Dr. Maya Angelou, who's I, I call her my auntie. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when, I, when I discovered her involvement with CHN, by way of uh, the board, is it the her gift to us. Founding, I, I, she yes. was the founding member of the board of advisors. Yeah, her gift to us was also um, calling for us to wear sky blue during the celebration of Community Healing mm-hmm. Days. It was also the inspiration for Community Healing Days, where she said, "Take a day to heal from the lies you've been told and the ones you've told yourself." Oh, yes, so she yes, is yes. always with us, yes. inspiring us, 
mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and driving us forward, energizing us to move forward. Yes. Yeah. So we, we, we really are grateful and um, for this conversation. We're grateful for you, um, the work that the love, the commitment, the care, the hard work that you have poured into helping mm-hmm. us to build the, the network of emotional emancipation circle. And, and we'll continue to do. Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's still work, work to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we really do feel that we're close to building that network of healers. Ayukwe mm-hmm. Armin talks about the need for healers everywhere our people are able to bring us back together again. And we can feel that happening. We just mm-hmm. need, to, we need to be doing our job. And our mm-hmm. job is making sure that the most powerful weapon ever formed against us, we heal from it and we extinguish it so that we don't pass it on to our children. That is the lie. And it and it is happening. There's a the proverb that says, "When the student is ready, the teacher will appear." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the work that CHN um, and the Association of Black Psychologists have done is is just uh, we're very grateful for. We're grateful for you, Sister Nola, and your vision, and Chandra, and we we're grateful to be a part of this community, this family. Um, you all are always strategizing, trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to strengthen, you know, our community to to, to just, what can we do to enhance? Um, And even that in itself, being open to growth and feedback and uh, is, is very mature, you know, (laughs) organization. That's right. And so we're, we're excited about um, CHN Connect and, and just excited about the organization, even through this various life seasons, personally for us, and then just as a people and as a nation, we're, um, we're on this path and uh, we're glad that we're not on it alone. And we're just grateful for you all as an organization and as our, as our brothers and sisters. And we say thank you uh, for extending the invitation to be able to gather virtually today yeah, in love. Brought, you brought spirit and energy to this technology. This is good. <laughs> this is good. That's what we do. We, we make the we best do. out of whatever situation we find ourselves no, in. That is, that is our gift to the world. And so many, many, many more gifts to be brought to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has been a mistake, a profound mistake to tap us down, to tap African people down. Mm-hmm. Um, to the detriment of humanity itself. Therefore, we must rise and we must do this work so that we can do the work that we need to do um, to serve all of humanity. Chandra. Yeah, so this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And we normally conclude on the words of one of our ancestors, Miss Bea Richards. And so we will do the same today. And these words are taken from her poem today. The road is rough, let's clear it. The future vast, don't fear it. Is faith asleep? Let's wake it. Today is ours, let's take it. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Breathe Baby Breathe. Listen in next month for another conversation offering emotional and cultural strength for the journey ahead. Visit communityhealingnet.org to learn more.